0: The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry with
1: Joe McGill.
0: Good morning, good morning. How are you this morning? I'm Joe McGill and you're listening to the Saturday Supplement and I hope I find you well wherever you are listening to us around the world on Radio Kerry. Eat, the Radio Kerry app or the traditional wireless 96 to 98 FM. It has got wintry now, hasn't it? It's got a lot uh, different. Um, we're definitely into the throes of winter now and the evenings are getting longer but it is a bit brighter in the morning at the moment which is kind of um, nice. Um, Now we will be having our in focus photography slot very shortly and we have lots more besides that happening. We'll be talking about killing Lee. National schools celebrated 50 years during the week and I went along to them and they were an amalgamation of a few national schools so um, it's very interesting to hear how the students adapted coming from maybe uh, schools where they had no running water, electricity and going to a more modern school then so you're going to want to tune into that in the next hour and I have a very special announcement this morning because my wife, Maureen Nivahuna is making a documentary on me huh? Would you believe it? She's making a documentary on her husband about my search for fluency in Irish. So from here, for 12 months, I'm going to endeavour, endeavour in inverted commas, to become fluent in Irish. Now, like a lot of you, I would have learned Irish in school. I actually um, was all right at it when I was young because there was an Irish uh, college in Flinch Island where I spent my summers with my grandmother and Joseph Lynch used to teach uh, the Irish language there and I was alright at that too and I did it in secondary school but like everyone it's brishta it's it's broken it's broken Irish I can understand it but I can't really speak it and I suppose my wife is fluent um, in Irish my mother went to Cláis she's fluent in Irish and I'd like the Irish language to be spoken more in my house so I'm the odd one out so I should um start to uh, learn it and uh, it's going to be kind of my journey where I'm trying to learn it and finding out the different ways of learning it maybe, maybe like modern techniques talking to I suppose people that uh, blog about it or are on social media and the traditional ways visit the Gaelic regions within this county um, talk about talk maybe to Irish language planning officers and to see how it's taught and how it can be improved and within that time I'm going to be learning it uh, myself, Something that really sparked this for me was I was uh, listening to someone with a good Kerry accent and when they were speaking in English they had a Kerry accent and then when they spoke in Irish it was like poetry. If the ears could taste it was like honey on the ear. Um, it was just absolutely beautiful and it struck me that our accent is made for the Irish language um, and it's something that I think that's important to me and it's something that I want to learn. So once a month we are going to bring you an episode, 15 minutes in length, about how I'm progressing. So that's going to be on the Saturday Supplement once a month. And speaking of once a month, Dominic Walsh is always on this programme for his monthly in-focus slot, and he joins me now. Dominic, what do you make of that?
2: I think you're amazing, Joe. Amazing, Joe. And I think your wife is even more amazing to spend that much time with you and trying to get you to speak ours. She's absolutely fantastic. Now, I'd like it to be a documentary. You know, bilingual if you can, because I've no Irish at all. And, <clears throat> and I'd love to be able to speak it like yourself so I'll have to listen intently and get a few words of wisdom from you myself on it but I hope your wife now is going to get you working around the house, doing, cleaning the windows doing the washing, doing a bit of ironing taking that dog for the walk and cleaning up around the place let it be a, a documentary like that how is that, like that? Going to help my Irish language? <laughs> but I think it's going to be great for me to be listening to you going around doing this bit of work and speaking in Irish like that You know, I think that's how it should go but Joe, fair play to you. I'm delighted you're doing it. It's a great challenge to have on that. I'll help you along the way in any way I can, but I'll be speaking English along the way and I'll give you a couple of quizzes. But you're absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, well, it is uh, bilingual. You'll be glad to know because that's important as well that we bring everyone along and they can kind of go on the journey. with me, so I'm not amazing yet. <laughs> I have to do a whole year of it yet, and we'll see. Will I be amazing at the end of it? But I love a deadline, I love uh, uh, you know, and I'm traveling up and down to Tralee to Radio Kerry and different things. And it's a great chance to maybe throw on a CD and be learning it on the way. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's fairly daunting, I can tell you that, but uh, hopefully, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Maybe I won't get there at all, but um. We'll see. It's called uh, Searching for Fluency, but the Irish. And this is hilarious as well because I often get the name of it wrong and my wife keeps correcting me. It's Joe Erhor Leafukta. Joe in search of fluency. So that's uh, what it means. Now, Dominic, I just want to pass on my condolences. You lost your um, father in law, Dennis uh, Brennan. So my condolences to yourself and your good wife and your family on the loss of um, Dennis.
2: I do thank you so much, thank you, Joy. Um, Dennis Brennan from Conley Park. He was ninety two years old, you know, he was a gentleman. And I first met Dennis Mike Fortnall when I was sixteen years of age. That's when I met my wife when I was when I was only a young fella. So he's part of my life, all my life, and I never knew a life without him like that. And I have to thank the people at the hospital and more so than anything else. We have to have to have to thank the nurses and staff in palliative care in the UHK. They were absolutely amazing. They're angels over there and they're absolutely brilliant to us. So thanks to everybody.
0: Yeah, and again, uh, may he rest in peace and condolences again. Did you ask him for the hand of marriage?
2: I mentioned it to him all right at the time, but I think he only started laughing me, thought I was joking, you know, so, you know, but I proposed my wife twice, the first time she refused and the second <laughs> time then I brought her, I was just going up in the car park and I handed her um a card Valentine's Day you are my um, what did I say you are my wife to be or something like that i written on it and she took no notice and I said look, there's the ring look take the ring are you <laughs> going to marry me or not that's the way it went to you know so we're together ever since anyway. oh how romantic <laughs> <laughs> So, Dominic,
0: we, as usual, we look at photos uh, you've brought to us that you've taken during the month. And then later on, we will look at your archive photo, which is a fascinating photo um, altogether. And then we look at your photos that you sent in to us at home. And the theme, this month, uh, was my life in colour or uh, a colourful life. And we actually were inundated uh, with photos. So, to Dominic's first photo, rare box crab with over four foot, Leg span caught off the Irish coast by uh, Davidas Youssas, uh, I could be pronouncing that wrong, and Niall Flannery from the fishing boat Barnacle 2. Um, a spectacular photo of the crab with um, uh, Niall Flannery, and also we should say that Dr. Kevin Flannery is in the, the photo as well, famous Kevin Flannery.
2: Well, actually, um, <coughs> when I got the measurements, four it was four foot, and actually by the time we measured it properly, it went up to over six feet. Because I taken I kind of came up with this measure myself and uh Dr. Flannery Kevin there uh, they measured it and it's he's actually beginning this was the biggest crab I've ever seen in my life it was huge it was absolutely humongous and you know, and getting the shot outside we could only take the car the, the crab out of the water for a short length of time on that so people might just listen to it. what I did was because I knew it was going to be dusky or very dark in this area not too dark but dark enough for photography when I went into this area I just I spoke to him, told him what I was going to do, and told him what I wanted in the idea of a photograph. Crab in the middle of them, um, the claws out, looking towards me, and I was going to take it as fast as I can. I took this in about maybe four minutes, and that was it. Crab is back into the, the touching tank outside there on that I took it at one fifteen of a second, which is very very slow handheld on that. And I took it. And I took it <coughs> at my a lens I use 24 mil, 14 mil, and I it's a very wide so I got in like when I use a wide angle lens it captures more light and it's easier to get more light into the camera because it's wider aperture off in it. Aperture was 5.6 um, auto lock again, as I tell people, I would focus on the eye, get the focus, and I can move my camera any way I want. And I've still had my focus locked, so that's how I took it. But what I did was I created a, um, a lighting studio. I brought a studio light with me, held the studio light to the left, and it lit up the, the subjects and the background as well. So it just works. But if you need to see it, it's outside in Ding Lotion it's absolutely massive.
0: Yeah, and it's on our social media page and on our. In Focus Photography Slot, if you click on the podcast and radiocarry.ie, you'll find all these photos we're talking about here. And you'll find this one, Junior Premier Club uh, Championship Final played at Austin Stacks, J.A. Grounds. Captains Daryl Leahy and Niall Collins have list all limits with their team after Listowel won the final in extra time. I love this uh, photo, Dominic, because it's the usual where they all gather around the cup jubilant scenes, but it's a bit. Different in that you have the two captains, one kind of facing outwards, the other facing back towards the crowd, and there is no joy like that joy of winning a final or winning a, uh, a cup.
2: It was actually a brilliant. Brilliant game, there was playing recent Nazis like power, like like you'd Emmett's like and you'd Belly McKellag, like, and 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 they were playing like and it was it was absolutely touch and go. It was one after one after one after one the whole way long. They were so equally matched, it was unbelievable. Actually, draw would have been fantastic because there were two fantastic teams on the day. But as you see, now this is something similar to what I took last month, and I, and I featured as well like that, you know, but it, it's taken very differently. I had positioned the team and we were waiting for the two captains, the dual captains, to come down and I was just hunched down, ready to take my picture. Not expecting this to happen at all. And what happened was the boys went into a song and everybody started bantering around the place like that, you know. and you've one captain just looking towards the players and the other captain's looking towards the crowd, looking towards the photographers, and it just made a picture. It just shows you always have to be ready to take a picture. I had my test flash, my firing all done before. I knew my settings. I was shooting at 500 of a second. I knew my lens was my 14-24 lens. I knew my aperture was 5.6 and I had my flash pulled back. I shot this all manual, all manual. That's it, I find I can control the light. As I always say to people, it's up to the photographer to control the light as opposed to the light controlling the photographer. It is very, very important to get that sequence right because if you get it wrong and you shoot your camera in automatic the whole time it's the light that dictates how it works like that so I just tend to work it people should look at it It just gives an idea of just being ready and you get a picture.
0: Yeah, excellent photo. Brilliant photos that Dominic brought in with him. And we're going to look at his archive photo later on. But after the break, we're going to be looking at your
3: photos. The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry brought you in association with Virgin Media, turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers. See virginmedia.ie for more detail. You're listening to The Saturday
0: Supplement. I'm Joe McGill and we are doing our monthly in focus slot with Dominic Walsh who joins me and we're looking at your photos now. The theme of the month was my life in colour or a colourful life and we got some absolutely Beautiful photos sent in to us this month and lots of them and you can go and see these on the Radio Carry website if you click on the podcast section and go into and in focus with Dominic Walsh. The link is also on our Facebook uh, page as well for you to see them. So let's get into it. Hello Joe Bernadette O'Sullivan, drum clinic. Abby Dorney, I listen to your interesting program, especially when I can. I thought I would enter my photos that were taken in the wetlands, and thanks a million for those, Bernadette. And um, the wetlands is a great place to take photos, uh, as demonstrated here by Bernadette uh, Dominic. Isn't
2: it? It's a great place. I was only down there yesterday, walking around, <coughs> and I had my lunch in the lakeside cafe down there as well, like that. So it's great. Anybody can go in there. Whether you're a wheelchair, a runner or a jogger or a dog walker or whatever like that, you can go in around this place. It's absolutely lovely. It's safe. You know, there's loads of people around and it's a great place to take pictures. I highly recommend it if you're starting out in photography and you want a place to go to. It is the place to go. Great pictures. You have a muriel there on the, on the hoarding. Absolutely lovely. It's a great use of space. It's absolutely fantastic. And it shows the wares of what happens in the wetlands as well. It tells a little bit of a story. And you have the rushes there. Great pictures. James Maher
0: in Tralee and I think he sent another wetlands photo here and there's two other one of a spectacular sunset I'd imagine that looks like uh, ruins of an abbey is it in the distance there Um, um, again some lovely landscape photography you'd call that
2: oh it is yeah I call it landscape photography that's taken back in the canal in Tralee and that's a ruin of a house that actually you could think from a distance oh see, yes it's, I see it it's, yeah. it's, it's quite far away because yeah. like, he's actually captured the essence of the sky and the water and the way he works it. That, like like the house it's either in the picture or it's out of the picture so it's actually just there as a little prop in the distance to keep it in but I think more so the sky the sky is absolutely amazing James so it's a great picture like that you know and there's another picture of the canal below the sunset and that's a great picture and then there's the wetlands where he's gone from the wetlands he's taken a picture but he's hunched really down nice and low behind the grass and and the the reeds there like that and taking a picture along there and that it's a lovely picture it's a really nice picture again that's a picture for a wall I absolutely love it
0: um, rainbows are always great photos and they really fit the theme of colour. Hi, Joe, I took this this evening in Kappa Brandon, before the skies opened and a big smiley face there from Margaret Moore. And I'd say trying to get photos at the moment, you've allotted them uh, kind of, I suppose, threatening skies, you'd call them, you know, that they're ready to
2: burst open with rain at any moment. Oh, you've got great skies this time of year, great skies. You don't have the light in the evenings this time of the year, like it's gone by quarter past five now, it's it's really gone. The light is gone like that, you know. Unless you're doing evening and low slow shutter speed with tripods and things like that, so you need to be out nice and early. One thing about say about rainbows: when you spot them, pull in someplace safely and get your picture because they just don't last. on the you know. And I have to say, the next two pictures might hang in here like that, you know. We've got the most amazing shot of a bird on a twig, and it's silhouetted. I think it's the moon. Or it could be the sun setting in the evening, we're not too sure yet, like that, you know. But it's an absolutely brilliant, brilliant picture. The best I've seen in a long time. And it's a great use of photography and it's a great use of a skill of thinking outside the box. Underneath that, then you've got somebody walking along the beach on that, you know. Again, the only thing I say about the second photo or that photo for the person walking, watch your, watch your lines, you know? kind of keep them straight, keep them level. It looks a lot better to the eye on that, you know and it just works they're great pictures
0: yeah the beautiful kind of moss or seaweed I don't know what it is on the stones is beautiful the bird is absolutely amazing and I, it's like they're singing their evening tune and uh, the, it's a tongue or a piece of something in the mouth as well it just looks absolutely brilliant um, Breeda Daly in Clarny handmade sweetheart blanket needed from now on life in colour and that is definitely colourful and then Sunday morning 15th of October morning sun amazing sky miraculous slawn. Breeda Daly again uh, a wonderful. Uh, the sun, of course, is just amazing at the moment. as well.
2: sun is amazing. You're getting, like Even during the week, I see sunrise during the week, and it was unbelievable. And I, I just woke up, looked out, and there's this most amazing orange sky. And I went to get my camera, went to get my stuff organised, and walked out. It was gone. You know, so again they're right, the right there and I love the blanket there's a great juice of it. it's great again thinking outside the box thinking outside
0: lovely. the box that is Dominic's motto yeah. attending a sporty event on a bright October Saturday Kerry head belly hike while in the background is a rainbow dipping into the Shannon River as it enters the Atlantic Ocean A Moss Joe Brown again and then James Nealon as well uh, Causeway these two wrens bait the daylights out of each other and I had to separate them otherwise one of them would have been killed colours of life and it's real wildlife action photos the two wrens it's like a UFC fight the two of them going at it so um, two great or a couple of great photos there with
2: Moss Joe Brown and James Nealon it is a yeah, great Moss look Moss is Moss is in the class of his own Moss is a professional who goes out and gets pictures because they're simple pictures and they always work and as for the birds fighting like that you know and going around like that like that's like David Attenborough you, like, you'd see someone going around and taking pictures like that great set of pictures all together
0: yeah, wonderful uh, set of pictures. Now, you can email these photos to McGill at radiocarry.ie. And a reminder, you send them in midday Wednesday before the first Saturday of the month. Some uh, another collection here of landscape uh, photography, Dominic. Beautiful reflections. Sheila Quirk, Castle Gregory. Um, attached three photos of amazing autumn colours at Glintanastic Forest Park. Uh, and uh, they are amazing photos, Dominic.
2: Yeah, look, Longton Asks is another one of these places you go, it's a lovely place to go for a couple of hours like that and wing around and get your pictures and get your camera out like that. (coughs) And that time of the year, this time of the year now, you can get really still days where you don't have wind and you have kind of skies, nice clear skies, It might be very blue, cold skies and you can get unbelievable reflections and the water and I see one of the reflections here it's lovely it's like a mirror it's just like a mirror it's absolutely fantastic great and as I say to Asic shooting down the road and the trees leaning in over they're almost gone there's some green there's some amber there's some yellow there's some brown there's loads of colours in it and this is a lovely time here now to get shots like that
0: yeah it's a real autumn scene that one and uh, Agnes O'Sullivan who's always brilliant at sending photos. photos well, first one there's always a silver lining so obviously there's clouds in this photo and the two hens are foraging away there um, and uh, we know Agnes lives in a beautiful part of the world in Kells and good morning John Dominic mushrooms for breakfast Agnes and the colours of these mushrooms is absolutely outstanding but I'd be very careful about having them for breakfast but I, I, I'm assured I'm sure that Agnes is an expert because you could be having mushrooms there they could be Doing something funny to you if you had them, the icy on the cake. Forty-six years later, congratulations, happy wedding anniversary, John and Agnes. And it's the photo of a top of a cake. Again, thinking outside the box with wonderful colours.
2: It is, and it's great colours, and it just shows like you don't have to take pictures of leaves and trees and everything like that to get lovely colours this time of year. Like you've got it in a cake. It has lovely cake there, and that you know, and that. it's absolutely lovely. I hope that's a black forest. I love black forest. I, that cake, <laughs> a, black a mushroom. Course, Last sort of ghetto, yeah. It's safe. I can't believe the colours in the mushrooms are absolutely amazing to see colours like that. Yes, don't eat mushrooms. I, I go into the local ha- local store. And I, I buy my mushrooms. That's how I know I have the right mushrooms to eat. As for the hens going around, genie mac, you know, and that like they're they're well foraging around there like that, and it's good to see. it And again, it's good to take a pitch when it happens. Take it and decide afterwards you're going to use it or not
0: yeah we'll take two more before we go to a break this is a photo from the front of my house in early morning of Brandon Bay with, which reflects the pink skyline Michael Furter sends that one in and then I absolutely love this photo just thought this was a piece of magic created by a spider on the front of the trailer in our shed recently best wishes Maura Inwright and the trailer is a lovely yellow colour there's the Rika turf in the background of the shed but it's like Charlotte's web there and this pink skyline photo is beautiful as well
2: well, the pink skyline is absolutely fabulous like that, John. You know, and it's a great Can you imagine <coughs> if you did that different times of the year? You could create an even calendar with all the different skies idea, and the different idea. views you could have just by having something out there like that and shoot the same angle. It's absolutely lovely. As for the as for the spiders web, I thought it was the whole. I thought it was a massive giant spider's web when I looked at it first. You know, but it's absolutely lovely. And the cold mornings, you can get a lot of pictures of the webs. The moisture builds up in the wettest of it. Oh, when I see the turf in the background, oh my God, it reminds me when I was young, in the bog. Oh, Jeannie Mac. My father take me up for an hour to the bog. I'd be there for a week, you know. We're getting flashbacks, Dominic. Flashbacks. PST, is that what they call it? Like that. that.
0: (laughs) We're going to take a break and we're going to be looking at more of your photos after this so we'll get Dominic a cup of tea or something to write him after his flashbacks.
3: The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry brought you in association with Virgin Media, turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers. See virginmedia.ie for more details. It is the first Saturday of the month,
0: with us for our monthly In Focus Photography Stop with Dominic Walsh and we're looking at your photos here are my three photos for this month number one UK band, Band of Fools great name performing in their own colourful style at Fáil and Bialtona Festival in Dingle two very happy looking sheep staring uh, us down as we climbed above uh, the Coomishin Gown is it? Uh, Corrie Lake in County Waterford I haven't. I. I've probably butchered that. Members of Dingle Hill Walking Club scrambling up the ridge to the east side of Peg, Peddler's Lake in the Connor Pass area near Dingle earlier this year. Looking forward to listening in and also seeing all next week's photos in due course. Noel O'Neill. Noel, you've sent us some wonderful photos here. The band is brilliant, isn't
2: it? I love the band, actually. You know, Noel, thank you for sending the pictures. And thanks to everybody for sending in pictures. We look at them, we take time, we go through them all, we spend a bit of time talking about them. So we look at every picture that's coming in. So just be aware that like, if, if we run through them, we kind of go too fast as we're talking about them. But Noel, great set of pictures. I love the band on that. I love the sheep. I love that snaky sheep and he laughing down tough top of you and trying to trying to trans, transgress up that really, really steep looking... It's, it looks like a cliff to me on that. and yeah. you know, that It's absolutely unbelievable like that, John. But isn't it great to get outdoors like that and to, and to be climbing and off out? It's great to see it. Season of
0: mist and mellow fruitfulness. A pleasant stroll in Tralee Town Park. Adrian McLaughlin, Knock Mile, Tralee. And again, it's of trees. And trees really remind us of autumn because of the changing colours of the leaves, Dominic.
2: Yeah, um, I see that Adrian, that the pictures are lovely. I love the trees, I love the town park. Again, another place to get out and take pictures. I use the park a lot for taking pictures, and I also use the the monument. This is um, a kind of a, a stone structure just close to the entrance to St. John's Church from the town park site, and it's great. And you actually see there's a hole through it. On that. Yeah, and you very can take clever. A, very clever. You can take a picture. And when you're taking a picture through that, you get a lovely kind of um, a really abstract image is what you're taking. So again, it's lovely to come up with something like that from a simple picture.
0: Nora King sends us two photos. This visitor added brilliant colour to my yard. And the second one is natural-born colour. So the first one is a pigeon. And sometimes pigeons are looked at as pests. But that's a beautiful-looking pigeon there. And also the um, the cookie or the cockerel there's actually two cockerels and a hen there and there's another one in the background uh, as well real old kind of farmhouse scene
2: it is yeah like that so I look, the pigeon absolutely lovely and you can see pigeons like that they have lovely colours in them it's great it's the light coming in and that reflects off from a lovely set of colours and it says like the tree birds walking they're like as if they're going to mass or someplace that I'm just walking off down and you've got the other one inside it's a real country picture isn't it really going back 50 years this is what you see nice I spo-
0: pictures yeah and I suppose when we're talking about colours now and I'm thinking of this next, these next photos by Michael Kennedy we think of autumn co- colours I suppose what springs to mind is yellow orange faded green gold is very much an autumn colour and these are all um, present in these next photos. Hi, Joe and Dominic and a rather wet and cloudy October. The rare appearance of the sun enhances all and gives everybody and everything a welcome lift. Attached three images were taken when the sun came out. First is a late October sunset at Inch Beach reflected on the wet sand during a low tide. The other two were taken on a sunny bank holiday last Monday. One shows sunlit autumn leaves at Glantanassig Forest Park And the last image shows the evening sun lighting up the earthen cliffs at Kennard Strandless Bowl with on Sirach the Fall, sea stack in the background, standing tall in the choppy waters of Dingle Bay. Michael Kennedy, beautiful photos and a beautiful description to match.
2: Oh, God, Michael, <clears throat> I think they're a great set of pictures. And I think, you know, like, as I say, these pictures go around the world. People are looking at these pictures around the world when they listen to Radio carry Abroad. And, you know, they love looking at pictures that show local areas taken by local people, as opposed to professionals that take pictures and use filters and really high and get the perfect time. This is absolutely lovely. I love the colours on the beach and I love that sun. See, this time of the year, the sun is very low. It wouldn't be as high up in the winter, and you get very long shadows. You get beautiful shadows coming in. And when you see these shadows coming, they really highlight the topography of the land and of the waves. You can see the waves coming in, you can see shadows created on the waves. And you can also see, going into Clown Wood there, it's backlit, as we would call it, backside lit, where the sun is, let's say you're shooting towards the sun to get your image. And so that's why all the leaves are lit up and you get these amazing colours because they're black lit. So great set. Sunset on the beach? Absolutely We Can't fault it at all. Frame them and put them up in the house. They're brilliant
0: well said Um, next photos now these are kind of I suppose everyday life and uh, life in colour it's absolutely brilliant here by Kay attached three photos which depict the colours of life for me at this time of year First one, whatever the weather life is always bright and colourful on the merry-go-round. And the second one is the fuchsia or Dora Day, also always brightens up the garden at this time of year. And the last one, the last rose of summer. Beautiful photos. I was never on a merry-go-round like that with the horses, and I always wanted to go on one. Never Isn't it really
2: isn't it lovely to see it and the colour look and there's a young lady on one of the horses and she's smiling laughing going on that is lovely entertainment for somebody as opposed to being on the games in the digital format this is actually good entertainment and the colours lovely to see the colours out of it and it's a good crop K like that yeah, you've a cropped well nice and high portrait shot there like that and it's good uh, the fuchsia plant absolutely lovely colours on that you know it's great maybe probably go into a shade the next time to try it there's a lot of light on it like that you know maybe you probably use a little bit of flash but it seems to be a lot of light on it and it really bring that light down a bit would really bring them up absolutely lovely but it's a great picture to have and it's good to get it the last rose of summer beautiful picture it just shows summer's gone and we're heading into the, the fall and the winter
0: Hello, Joe and Dominic. My photos for this month were taken during a recent trip to Foto Wildlife Park. Despite the incessant rain, we managed to have a wonderful day there. The tiger was relaxing as we got to him, but he only briefly turned towards the camera. The monkey and the lemur continually hopped from place... Uh, to place making photography pretty challenging thank you both and that comes in from Margaret and uh, well done Margaret Um, some good photos there what I find when you're actually in Dublin Zoo it's very hard to take photos because they're behind glass and also you want to go to a zoo early because they haven't been fed yet because in the afternoon they'd be hiding wouldn't they and they'd be
2: sleeping I oh, see, you're used to the zoos, so huge, you like that, you know, and that. Not yes. really, I've
0: only got a <laughs> few times, but I know. That, you know, when you go out, say, travelling as well, like I've been to Sydney and New York. there's a zoo in Central Park and the one in Dublin, so you kind of, yeah, you kind of... <laughs> those get into I've been to,
2: well, it, is. Yeah. but see, again, like, like, they're wild animals. I know that they're in clothes, like that and you just got to work around like that. Good idea, because, like, when they're, when they're looking for food, they'll come out and they'll be looking to see where's it coming from there, because I think zoos tend to change their, their even though they might feed them at the same time but they tend to get to look for their food a little bit to forage a little bit when they're doing it and it's great and John isn't it great entertainment to go in and take pictures of animals like that and you can see the lim, uh, that monkey I don't know what you call it there you said there like John, the four zambalibra it's like a four ball you nearly take it away and that's for the yeah. tiger a great set of images
0: yeah, the yeah beautiful photos and different colours as well, which we want. Finally, Brendan Cassan always sends great photos. Hi, Joe and Dominic. The fairies in Leslie's Woods Fairy Trail, Tarbert, have a colourful life also, and uh, they're beautiful, aren't they? Those, you know, you can see them on the trees next to their bird boxes, their little fairy houses and fairy ornaments and all that. Um, there's some wonderful ones in Park Nassilla, The grounds around there as well, um, brilliant, and kids love them.
2: I think everybody likes to go and see, the, see the, the, the fairy houses and where the fairies live like that and it's lovely to see the doors and sometimes you can even open up the doors and, and look in a little bit like that it's absolutely lovely lovely colours that's a wood that I've been mean to go to for a long long time and I'd love to go up and see it because it must be absolutely fabulous look at the trees and the the. the thickness of the barks and like and the width of them like they're lovely they're fantastic trees you know to see it like that and the thing about it is, it just adds a bit of colour getting down low taking a nice picture little little um this little tow tank or is it, it could be a container that the that the fairies would pull around with them. absolutely lovely to see it again and again it's just getting that angle knowing to change round, get your picture first and then take it
0: brilliant now your humour photo of the month who does that go to?
2: I think it has to go to that very, very, very cheeky sheep and he laughing at the people going up the side of the mountain. He's a or that fella, because like, he can run up the mountain and he's laughing down. And that was taken by Noel O'Neill. Great picture, lovely picture. Brilliant. And your photo of the month the fourth of the month it was very difficult this month it was we had some fantastic pictures in this month and it's great to get all the pictures in. and as i say we love getting them in it has to go to michael kennedy of glountynastic woods that's the shot he took of the roadway and as i was saying to you it's backside lit and that light is coming in and lighting up the leaves and the trees and you can see all the shadows and it's a great picture
0: Well done to Michael Kennedy in Inch. You are our photo of the month. And
2: Dominic, our theme for next month. It has to be winter has arrived. This is the time. It's cold. Like the evenings aren't long anymore. Like Like, like you say that they're long, and I say that they're kind of not long. There's not. What it was. So the light is setting around that five quarter past five mark. So it's daytime, early time for photography. Get out, go for your walks in the beach. I know it's cold, and I know the people don't want to go. Go out and take pictures of winter because it's an absolutely fabulous time of year for taking pictures as well.
0: Winter has arrived. You can email them to jmcgill at radiocarry.ie before midday, uh, Wednesday, before the first Saturday of the month, and a maximum of three hours photos. Uh, if you send any more than that we'll take the top three. That's how we'll do it. And thanks a million to everyone who sent in those wonderful photos. And we invite anyone anyone and all to send your photos to Miguel at radiocarry.e. We're going to take a break and after that we're going back into Dominic Walsh's archive.
3: The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry brought you in association with Virgin Media turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers. See virginmedia.ie for more detail.
0: Dominic Walsh is still with us for our monthly In Focus photo. and what a scene Dominic has brought here from his archive. Mauro Sullivan from Blinneville and Miriam Mangan from Lower Cannon Tralee working Blinneville National School polling stations in Tralee which had which had a small turnout by lunchtime and this is a really colorful scene it's amazing to see Dominic all the religious kind of artifacts in this photo because you have two sacred hearts on the wall not just one but two and you also have the the Jesus is actually on the table of one of the where, where the pollsters is there stamping and uh, then it's like an old traditional school scene with the blackboard the Irish map with the different counties and there's a scene of the different Irish birds and the polling box is there so it's really unique isn't it this kind of a photo
2: it is unique and the reason I picked out this because like we the local elections coming next year on that and I, I was, when I was going through it like that and this image popped up, you know, like we go to polling stations now and they're so clinical and they're so clean and you go in and it's a clean room like that. This is taken in Brineville School, the old school that was there has since been knocked and has been replaced by an absolutely amazing brand new school. So like this time, like we used to go to elections many years ago, Joe, you could walk into any booth you wished and if there was something, you could introduce yourself and you'd take a picture and nobody minded, it. It was quite okay to do it. Now they're a little bit more strict in letting photographers in. They tend to let photographers go in for the candidates and photograph the candidates only as they're voting. I would prefer to be hanging around places like this, you know, and just get some pictures, but they're hard enough to find. I used to be back in the Maharese and I was going to a house. And there'd be a house back in the Maharis, and you could go into the, the the living room when the fire was on, and you'd take and you'd go along and you'd watch what was happening inside there like that, you know. But I have to say now, uh, looking at the picture, there's a bit of artistic license there, Joe. I think Jesus oh. was on the Jesus was on the move that day. I think, and <laughs> you know, he was around, so I had to get him in picture. So I think it was me. I'd have to say I would think it was me that put Jesus there on that table like that. But like like you've got more getting ready to get the stamps, you the lady behind her and you have another lady voting there and you've you've got the polling box the boot like that you know like says uh, Kerry North Lee you know number 8 like that on it they're pictures that you know that are going to come into their own Yeah, has come into their own
0: and you have the date on the box so you know the date and you have the time then with the clock in the background so it's a kind of a
2: handy way of knowing when it was taken as well it is, everything's there, like, like, when you see it, and I thought, into the polling booth, and as you said, one really, this is a classroom, like, you've got the boards, you've got the, like, you've yeah. got the holy pictures, you've got the clock, there's the time, and you've the map, and you've everybody like that, and so, and everybody just, like, there's that nice, relaxing atmosphere when you go in, and everybody kind of knows each other, because you do go back to the same polling stage and the, the same booth, each time you go back. So over the years you might see these people for another four years and you're back in like that, you know? And that but it just shows the uniqueness of it. And I love the powers that be would let photographers in the local elections come in and leave us, go off in and take these pictures again. They're very important to get.
0: Yeah, and it's something, I suppose, with the modern world now that it is actually it's illegal, I suppose. It's not allowed to take selfies um, inside when you are voting. And that was something that was very prevalent in the last election um, that, that was mentioned a lot. So it just shows the way the world is going. Everyone take a selfie of this or that. But you're not allowed inside in in those um places. So, Dominic, thanks a million for sending in your archive. I look forward to talking to you next month where our theme is Winter Has Arrived. We'll be speaking as Gaelge. Goodbye then, Dominic, surely.
2: We'll be speaking Oscar then. And just to recap on that, we actually get permission from the County Registrar Photographers, Professional Photographers to go around and take pictures, and you are correct. Don't take pictures inside in a polling booth and do not take pictures of that polling station, that card or anything like that. You're in deep trouble like that, John. As you can see, the pictures I take, there's no identification marks or in the box or anything like that. But we will see you next month and I'll try and test you out with a few words. I might try and do something as well myself, you know. I might give your wife a buzz and give me just two words that I can... Bounce off them and confuse them. Do you know? I,
0: I, I won't be giving you my wife's number. Go to Slad, Dominic, and we will be talking to you next month. Sloan and thanks to listeners for sending in all the photographs. Stay with us, we're going to go to break, then we'll have the news and I'll join you again in the next hour and we will be in Killing National School where they celebrated 50 years during the week.
3: The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry brought you in association with Virgin Media turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers. See virginmedia.ie for more details. Now so
0: you're into the second hour of the Saturday Supplement and I hope you're enjoying the programmes. So far. Uh, once again, a reminder to send those photos to McGill at radiocarry.e for our monthly in focus photography slot. And the theme is Winter Has Arrived. Now, I went along to a very special occasion last. Uh, weekend, the bank holiday to celebrate fifty years of Kiinle National School in Drummond. and on the first of september nineteen seventy three the new school Skolna Shunta Lee, was open. The new school was an amalgamation of the three remaining schools, Koshla Master Gihi and kahar savan so Tom Keane built the school on a site which belonged to john Dinny o 'Shea um, The teachers there at the time, Maura Bani Hay was principal and Nora Bani and Maureen Bannishogru and Kathleen E. were the teachers. There were 104 students on the roll at the time. And I had a chat with the first students of the school and also a former principal there, the current principal, and many more besides. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this. So, Dennis, can you tell me, when did your journey begin here and can you remember that long ago?
4: I can believe it or not no I don't remember a whole lot of things but 4th of October 1983 I walked in for the very first time I had spent uh, 10 years in Dublin before that in Clendagh which I loved as well I enjoyed it but I got uh, an opportunity to come back to my home place I suppose really my home parish and uh, I'm here ever since, I suppose, really, you know. There must have been some difference,
0: Clondalkin, the city, and then coming down here to a very rural area.
4: Well, so many people have said that to me over the years, but, you know, children are no different, no matter where you go. Honest to God, you could put the children from here up to Clondalkin, or vice versa, and they would have been the very same, I think. they might have a different accent, of course, but other than that, there was no difference. You know, people often think about oh, misbehaviour, or that kind of stuff. It doesn't arise. Kids are the same. Depending on how you treat them, obviously, as well, you know.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. Um, how many years were you here? I was here almost 28. Wow. Almost 28 years. So it's a long time, but it went fairly quickly, I needn't tell you. But the time came for me to move on, and, you know, and uh, do different things. And, and that's the way life is mm. for, uh, for everybody, if they can do it. That Those that are lucky enough to get the opportunity, really, I suppose, you know. Mm, 28 years, you must have some fond memories in there. Any stand out? I think... If I was to the memories, really, that stand out, I suppose they aren't educational, really. But they're the times we won the, the county seven sides in, in the football. We had two great years. I think it was 96, 97. I could be wrong on that now, but I think it was 96, 97. The great Declan was with us that time. We were very lucky. We won the common Monskull. Seven sides, and that that included every school in the county, not just the smaller schools. It was a huge achievement for that time, I must say, really. You know, Mm. so that that's the standout memory. Really, there are lots of others, of course. You know, but that would be the big one, I think. Mm. You know,
0: Um, it's very important to the Irish language. This school, as well, in the area, in that a lot of the Irish speakers have come from this school. So that's that's an important ethos of the school, always.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're very again. You see, we had the back uh, the backing of parents and that kind of thing, which is vitally important. Uh, you, You, it's more difficult if you haven't the parents behind you it's pretty well impossible really so we were very lucky from that point of view and uh, our children worked out very well as we know there's what about four staff in the school here that were there in my time as well you know they were all farmer pupils which is very very encouraging for the school and i must say the school is absolutely thriving at the moment i'm delighted with what i've seen today and over the last number of years it's it's, it's Going from from be, from good to excellent. you know. Because
0: that's it. You're custodians. You're handed on yeah, to the so next generation all yeah, the time. Yeah.
4: I mean, when people think about it, really, we have a huge influence on the future of of children as they grow, educationally, of course. But you know, the kind of people they turn out to be afterwards. Because example is a whole lot of. It's very important. Probably more important, really. And that children learn how to get on with each other. You know, because things don't always run smoothly, but. People must uh, learn how to how to overcome those difficulties. And I think we've been lucky over the years here as well in that regard, you know.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned extracurricular activities like football. This area is renowned for its community spirit, isn't it? And you probably found that in your time
4: here. Oh, it is. I mean, uh, when I came here, uh, the, the, I suppose the only thing that was here at the time was the school and then the church got built and the innie Tavern got built and, you know, all the community got in behind all that kind of thing and, you know, uh, we did work on the school that kind of thing and the whole community came together to to, to make that happen, really, you know Mm. When you look back again and
0: it's kind of similar to fondest memories what's your proudest uh, memory? Is it, I suppose, being involved in young people's development or what they went on to achieve or coming here today and seeing some of your former students, maybe?
4: Well, you know, (coughs) you must be very careful about pride, because pride is a sin, you know.
0: (laughs) And it cometh before the fall.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't pick out one particular thing, but as you mentioned today, to see the way the school is working today and the way the choir sang inside at the Mass today. Oh, it would lift your heart. Absolutely beautiful, along with all the other activities during the, during the Mass as well. That was a very, very, a very moving occasion. And I suppose the other thing that would strike me hugely is the number of pupils, former pupils, that have passed away. It's very sad when you hear names called young people that, that I knew as kids going to school, you know. That's a very... Uh, very moving really to mm. say the least you know yeah mm. um, it is
0: important though to celebrate 50 years in existence because it is a, a huge achievement and it takes a lot of people to make that work so it's days like today are important to celebrate it and uh, have a bit abs- of fun as well
4: absolutely and as was mentioned uh, by by uh, somebody I know it's Michael Ryan or somebody I mentioned about the board of management and the priests we've had over the years I mean we've been very very lucky because people have given their time freely and and you know uh, Nothing is free nowadays, you'll probably know that yourself, but again we've been lucky from that point of view as well,
0: you know? Dunakh, Gurmahogat. Thanks million for
4: talking. My name is Father Father Shogro.
0: Father Shogro, um this school goes back a long way, but you're you have a connection here in that your own mother thought here and it was your uncle's land that was the the site. Yes. So where did your
1: mother uh, where was she teaching before she came here? Before she came here she was teaching in Master Ghee School, which was a t- teacher school, my father was the principal, and she was the assistant. And she, she, uh, she my father was uh, asked to stay on, and he said no. He, he was retiring. He had reached retirement age, but at that time, when they were uh, building or finishing a project like a, a central school, they had to wait. And so he, he didn't, he didn't wait. Uh, he he uh, he taught for one or two years more than he should have in the old school Mm.
0: and that's the school you went to
1: yeah yeah
0: and then this became an amalgamation of
1: three schools and they were all in the area then they were yes yeah Curslach Master Maastrgy and Dariana
0: your uncle then he sold the land here tell us about him
1: well, he was... What was his name? His name was John. He was known as John Denny O'Shea. And uh, he was a well-known character. And uh, anyway, he sold uh, the land to, uh, 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 to St. Brendan's Trust to build the school. OK. Mm.
0: And then, after a period of time, you have, over the years, this was kind of the start of, I suppose the regeneration of the place in a way because you have a community centre Dini Tavern, the shop and it became another village I know Master Gee, used to be a a village but this kind of became a new
1: village Master Gee is deserted Mm -hmm. the post office is gone and the shop is gone and the the chapel is gone Mm -hmm. so uh, this was a new development altogether Mm. Killing Lee and how important Mm -hmm. do you think it was? Oh, it was uh, it, wa- it was important because it was more central you know it was um uh, as as roads go um it was uh, more convenient for some some of the places in the parish mm. Mm. Today is a great celebration, a
0: mass beforehand, and the amount of people here I couldn't get over yeah. it it's It's great to have
1: gatherings like this and to to celebrate the milestones it is it, is, it was a, a great credit to the uh, teachers here to organise to organise the uh, the event and to um, uh, set, prepare for the mass, which was uh, well very well done. I liked the um, uh, the, the, the way the children um, brought, brought up the gifts uh, with with dancing and mime, and uh, you know that, that was something new here in the parish hmm.
0: thanks a minute for talking to me i let you get back there yeah. because um, there's loads of people wanting to come what up and talk to you outside you're meeting yeah, loads yeah. of friends out there so thanks for talking yeah. to me ok thanks Joe.
5: Margaret Brown
0: Margaret, you were one of the students that came from one school into the other. So what school were you going to first?
5: I was going to Skol Vastagia. So um, that's Master
0: Ghi School. Master Ghi yeah. School,
5: yes. And I came uh, when it opened in 1973 and I was in fifth class at that time.
0: Whoa. <laughs> what was Master Guy School like? You, you see it over there now and I've went, I've gone into it just to see. I saw the runes. I was there with Father Shokra one time. Yes. But what was it like? It was a small it enough was, school. It
5: was a small school, a two-teacher school at the time. So the junior end would have been at one end of the school And the senior end at the other end. So when we moved in here, then we thought, what a modern building. And to see so many teachers around, we were fascinated with the whole thing, really. You know, it was such a change from what we were used to at the time. But it was lovely. And one of the things I do remember is, you know, the the smell of the new school and the new furniture. We we were fascinated. We thought, this is the life (laughs) at the time.
0: Did you have to walk very far to school?
5: At the time, we had to walk to Master Gihis School, but we got a bus to Killin Lee. So that was was another development. That was another big development, so... That definitely took the pressure off the legs anyway, so it was great, it was great.
0: Um, it just strikes me, though, like in Maske, low, inf- low. what did you say it was? Low, low infant side and high infant well, side? Well, the junior
5: like? end of the school, I junior suppose end. you would have had from um, junior infants, I suppose, to Ranga do to second class, and in the senior end of the school, you'd have had Ranga 3, to Ranga 6, which would have been third to sixth
0: class. So you all had to yeah. kind of learn together, in a way. Well,
5: we did, and there was sort of a partition um, separating, which I'm sure was the case in many of the older schools at the yeah. time. Time. So coming to something like this, then the amalgamation of all the schools was a big, big thing at that time.
0: Mm. And you'll probably talk electricity and all that as well.
5: Huge. And uh, we had the old open fire too in Master Geisha School. So when we came here, the radiators were another big development. So everything was very modern. Everything was very new at the time. So I was here for two years.
0: Yeah, that's life changing. You wouldn't hear of that today, would you, to go from one to the other? It's so no. extreme.
5: No, it's not. And something that I suppose the younger pupils would find fascinating to listen to now as well, you know. Yeah. But uh, today then, the celebration today, I, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. The yeah. mass was just beautiful. A, a, a most fitting uh, celebration and a most fitting tribute to, to the whole thing. And the staff, I have to congratulate them. I thought the whole thing was Exceptional! It was beautiful, and coming back as a as a past pupil, and actually when I qualified myself, I taught here for for a month um, in 1983, a month or two, I'm not too sure now, from September, but it was the first job was back to my old school my first job and I came out of college yeah. so it was that was another lovely thing mm. and today was beautiful and I congratulate the the staff it was a wonderful celebration
0: yeah lovely. because it's just there's a few teachers here now that were former students here as right. well it's lovely isn't it's it's it that it's they're coming to back.
5: back to come back then and to see the whole thing and, and looking at the role books as well today that was another thing that was very nostalgic really and meeting old friends that I haven't met for years and everything beautiful i i'm enjoying the day immensely.
0: Well, I'll let you get back to it. Thanks, for you me. Do talking.
5: indeed, and thank you very much, Joel. Thank like you. That.
0: Yeah, and we'll hear more from Killy Lee National School after these.
3: The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry brought you in association with Virgin Media, turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers. See virginmedia.ie for more detail.
0: Now, 50 years since Killy Lee National School in Drummond opened its doors, and I went along to their celebrations and I chatted with a few of their former students. And firstly, I spoke with former secondary school student Michael Keating, who was one of the first students to attend killing National School. Mike, you're a former student here, but again, like Margaret, you only, you came in here. So tell us, what school
6: did you attend before here? I went to Karsavan School, and um, I suppose a totally different setup and regime in Karsavan compared to to what we had when we came in here, so I suppose I was coming from a school where you had no running water, no electricity, we had to bring turf, believe it or not, to school. Uh, to, to keep us warm during the winter time, and we to go to the well for water, uh, so you can imagine then when you come here then and you have all those facilities like electricity, running water, you know I suppose we didn 't have a whole pile of technology in terms of computing and all that kind of thing because it hadn't come around to that stage but still it was a huge huge step up from what we were what we were
0: used to yeah a dramatic step like because people of today wouldn't even realise that when you go from one school to another you couldn't have that dramatic change it must have been uh, amazing because you were about 10 were you you were old enough ten, to even yeah, take it up, in
6: as well I came in in 4th class yeah and I came from a one teacher school then as well so you had that teacher had to deal with every kid from junior infants right up to 6th class so I suppose the 5th and 6th class were probably getting the most attention uh, that's what it was and then I suppose the younger ones then were left off to their own devices because that that's nothing else could be done that was, that was just the way it was mm. uh, whereas when we came in here then 4th uh, and 5th class were together Uh, with one teacher. Sixth class had a teacher of their own and second and third had a teacher of their own and Mrs Shea then uh, Caerseveen taught Junior and senior infants. From an academic point of view, that must have been a lot better. Oh, much, much, much better, much better, much better. And I suppose the curriculum was starting to change as well at that time. Uh, so when I think back at the books and things that we had in Carshalton, uh, we had uh, two history books that were called Starshanikus na Here and Cuiridhean Here and there wasn't one picture from cover to cover in those books. Um, so that was all changing as well so I mean the the way teachers were getting across the curriculum and so on the, the books and so on they completely changed you had the pictures and you know there was more emphasis on activities and that kind of thing. Uh, which wasn't there prior to that mm. you know it was kind of stand at the top of the class and lecture and um that kind of thing even the irish as well changed we had um i can remember when i was in i suppose second or third class now i didn't do the book but they were doing Jamie and vara Haig and Shane and these kind of yeah. these kind of books which were they were very interesting and and funny and so on but do you know from mm. a young person's point of view i suppose they weren't learning a whole pile of irish out of that either mm. so there was big changes then yeah. in curriculum and so on afterwards, yeah.
0: Mm. Was that an Irish-speaking uh, school? Irish-speaking the, schools. They both were, were they? Yeah, they both were, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, very
6: yeah. good. I think all the feeder schools, the Cushloch, Masturbian, yes. Carson, they would all be in Irish-speaking, yeah. Did you have to make new friends when you came here? Or did you stick with the old old vice? Oh, <laughs> we made new... We did, yeah. We made, well, I suppose for the first couple of weeks, we were, we were sticking with our own crowd, but then, do you know... Like lads or lads, we were out playing football at break time and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And yeah. through the years, it has been a great school for football as well, developing the underage. Oh, sound. it has, yeah. It has, it has. It has come on an awful lot. I suppose we were, because it was four lady teachers we had, so they wouldn't have been out with us. So, we had our own games. Like, but, do you know, when the male teachers came on board later on after my time, of course, it became a lot more organised. And, and, and as you say, the football really came on and improved from then on. Is it surreal coming back in here today and seeing all the pictures everywhere and meeting old friends? Oh, it is, yeah. And even looking back at the at the roll books and that kind of stuff, yeah. It, it is It is a bit surreal, yeah. But actually, I've been here before because my own kids came to school here as well. So oh, yeah. I came here for a couple of parents' teacher meetings and that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, and oh no, it's great. It's great to come back and to meet them all again, yeah. Yeah, and you were a secondary
0: school teacher as well. Like this um, school has contributed a lot, I suppose,
6: to the area here in Drummond, but also to South Kerry and wider uh, beyond that as well. Hugely so, yeah. Um, I know when they, when kids go to secondary school, it's it's probably different in the sense that they have different teachers for different subjects and so on. But I think the grounding that they get here, especially in the maths and in the Irish and the English, mm. uh, and particularly, the, uh, I suppose, the Irish more so than anything else, because, you know, they have that Ian the Long Island screen, stream inside in the school now, and these... These schools feed in, in, into that like, and it's a huge, huge advantage to, to the students the, the students from here like, that go in and, and go into the end they have that f- uh, foundation, that basis that really stands to them Yeah, it's yeah. a great point They've played a huge role in the Irish language
0: Michael, mm-hmm. thanks a million for talking me and no enjoy the rest sure. of the evening Thank you very much, thank you
7: My name is, uh, I was Pauline Daly I guess now I'm Pauline O'Sullivan my dad says I'm still Pauline Daly anyway <laughs> Pauline so
0: you again came to this school um, what school did you come from and what age were you? I
7: came from Kushlock School I was 10 years old I came into fourth class
0: so Kishlock School tell us about that because we've heard about the other two schools what was Kishlock like?
7: Kishlock uh, School was a two teacher school and uh, I do remember the fireplace up at the corner which was very near the, the principal obviously and we were half frozen on the other end um, it was a small school um, Would you have to bring the out of turf? Uh, I remember bringing turf sometimes, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, I guess we uh, there were there were seven of us in the family. So, uh, uh, you know, you, you just have your turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we had to walk there. It was a three mile walk and Mrs. O'Shea might collect, uh, you know, Mrs. O'Shea, if she was passing and she saw us on the road, she'd pick us up. You know, there was only four of us. I suppose when we were going to Kushlak, yeah, I have a twin sister and my older sister my younger sister yeah that's uh, that. and then uh, the other three siblings just came here to clean Lee. three miles rain, hail or snow yes Wow. yes we walked yeah Yeah. and then on the way home Mrs O'Shea would bring us uh, a little bit further because she'd bring us to the top of the bog road and we'd be able to walk down and it was it was it was nearer so what was it like then
0: coming to this school and did you get a bus then or how did you come here we
7: got a bus coming here um Uh, yes but it didn't bring us we had to come as far as uh, the cross. We had to come the first half mile, three quarters of a mile, and then we only got the bus for the next half a mile or whatever. So my mother wrote to somebody, to the department or something, and uh, said there was no point at all in if if, if we had to go for a, for a, for a half mile or three quarters of a mile. We might we, we actually in the beginning we just came the whole way because there wasn't any point in getting the bus for the last part of the journey. So the bus came to the top of our cross. Then it oh, all changed. Fair play to my another. mother. Was very good at writing letters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what was it like? when you came here then was much of a difference
7: oh uh, it was very different because you see you were just there was only two classes together third and fourth were together you know and we, we were having this um, Mrs O'Shea and we were terrified we were told we were told these awful things about her she wasn't half as bad as we were as, as we were told we were absolutely I just remember being petrified at the thought of this teacher that she was really really cross but she wasn't that bad yeah. and um it was nice because I suppose when I was in Cushlock school there was only three girls in my class and five boys and one of the girls was my sister and the other one was a girl I was out there talking to for ages Mary O'Sullivan Cushlock there was just the three girls and then there was the five boys but you know the girls just played together so when I came here of course we had loads more friends Yeah. you know and
0: um, it must have been very exciting that way to meet so many new friends and you know a new school and the electricity and everything else that was here it was a very modern school
7: it probably was and this bus was so much easier when you got the bus from just you had to run up to the top of the road and got the bus <laughs> that was that was very handy um, yes I can't remember what we played at break time I don't think there was basketball or anything yeah. in those times there definitely wasn't in the other school anyway oh of course and what was fantastic we had uh, proper toilets <laughs> we didn't have proper toilets in kashlak Oh. And you had to go out in the rain no matter what to go to the toilet. It was, was like an outhouse. It was.
0: Whoa. It was. That's it was. a significant change, That though. was
7: a big change,
0: yes. I'd come here, you mentioned, being here the, this evening and meeting all friends. It must be a lovely uh, oh, kind of fabulous. occasion for you, is
7: it? It is fabulous. I've been really looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just said, as soon as I heard it was on, I said, oh my God, we've just been the night talking to, to different people. Like some people I would recognise, more people I wouldn't at this stage. But it's fabulous. We got a photo there of about 10 of us together. So, um, yeah, I was really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, there was no way I, went to, I wanted to miss it. I just came down from Cork this morning.
8: Mayor any Quirk Principal.
0: Maeve, a fantastic occasion. I can't get over the crowd here and how beautiful everything looks and all the nostalgia on every wall and around every table. Um, you must be very happy how the day has gone.
8: Absolutely delighted, Joe. Um We had a fantastic turnout. Um, we began our celebration I suppose in um, the local church here beside us um, and we had a service at 3pm and everybody was invited back to the school to share memories and stories, and I suppose have a look at the role books. They're all like see see their names written there, and um, I suppose just chatting to each other and. Um you know, um, senior children I suppose coming through the lines now as well, and um, it's a fantastic occasion. And we were absolutely delighted with with the turnout. Mm.
0: Um, we were speaking to Dennis Fenton earlier, and how he was saying how it's great the former students are actually teachers here, and you're one of those. So, what was your school days like here? Are they, were they fond memories?
8: They were absolutely so. Um, I suppose Dennis would have taught me here um, when I went through the senior room, <laughs> Rangikui and Rangashi, um, and I suppose Dominic and Kira are, are both past pupils as well. Um so I suppose it kind of gives you a grow for for the place when you've gone through gone through the school yourself and um you have that respect for it as well. Um
0: and you kinda know I suppose the way things go then as well. Um another thing is Dennis was saying he's a custodian, you're the same now. You must be very proud of that fact you're continuing on a thread that has started fifty years ago.
8: Absolutely, um, I suppose and that was to be seen as well today um, during the service, you know, we always were renowned, I suppose, for our musical talent and all of that and um, you know, the service today was fantastic the music, the the singing—it was fantastic—and you know everybody commented on how fantastic it was. So, um, we were delighted with that.
0: Yeah, and your <laughs> students played a part in that as well.
8: Absolutely, past past pupils all came back and joined the choir, and our current students as well did the music. So, I suppose that's a testament in itself that they were all delighted to be invited back and to join the choir as well. So, it was fantastic to have them with us.
0: Yeah, and talking to former students, they they were saying absolutely we were going to be here to celebrate this. So, it just shows. The you mentioned that former students have for the place.
8: Absolutely. Um, I suppose, you know, we, we try to put it on a bank holiday weekend to give people the opportunity to travel home and to, to, um, to make it here. But I suppose... On the other side of that, people are going away and taking taking the opportunity to go away for the midterm break. But I suppose you'll never assume to everybody anyway. But we did our best and there was an absolutely fantastic turnout on the day. So we're delighted with that.
0: Well done. Thanks a million for talking. Enjoy the rest of the celebration. Thank you very
8: much, Joe. Thanks a million.
0: Yeah, wonderful event had in Killinee National School in Drummond. We'll take a break. We'll have more after these.
3: The Saturday supplement on Radio Kerry brought to you in association with Virgin Media, turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of offers. See virginmedia.ie for more details.
0: Now Kerry Tinner, Gavin Ring is bringing a performance of Schubert's A Winter's Journey to Tech Tecamerican in Waterville and St John's Listole on 17th and 19th of November with Cork Penis Gary Beecher. It's one of the major works of the art song repertoire and they are using a projection with the text so people can really engage with the work. Now they will be joined in Listowel by Ukrainian tenor as a special guest who's now resident in Balibun. And Gavin Ring joins me on the line now. So Gavin tell us how has the year gone for you so far? Fierce busy Joe. Fierce busy altogether. I was out the gap altogether right there. I was um
9: I was in Brussels for the first four months of the year and then I was in the UK for another four months. I'm home now, thank God, for the foreseeable future just to spend some time with the family and uh, I suppose putting in a bit of a shift Nicola's been doing an awful lot of work so uh, time for me to, to, to up my game in that regard but no, I've, it's been, been 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 a great year very very exciting I was at the BBC Proms uh, they were just towards the end of August and um, did some fantastically well-reviewed shows at La Monet in Brussels and uh, we were part of a, um, a fantastic project at Limeburn Opera Festival Dialogue of the Carmelites by Poulenc and uh, it got rave reviews all over the international press and things like that so look at I'm coming to you here now from the Wexford Festival where we just performed um, Ballads of a Bogman the Sigerson Clifford Song Cycle which was a new set of songs written by Stephen McNeff, an Irish composer to obviously the text and the poetry of the great Sigerson Clifford and uh, the Wexford audience seemed to like it I I said to them before I started I said you know one of the greatest gifts that God can bestow on any man is to be from Kerry and they got a great kick out of that obviously borrowing (laughs) from John
0: B Cain so a great year so far Joe delighted with it Very good, excellent. So tell us about these unique performances that are taking place in St. John's and tech Armageddon. So, myself and a Cork pianist, um, a guy called Gary Beecher,
9: he works at uh, the um, uh, Munster Technological University Cork School of Music. Um, He recently came home from London. He's an acclaimed pianist. He studied at the Guildhall School of Music and has won countless prizes all over Europe for... um, Uh, for piano playing and accompanying in particular and uh, we got together we did some stuff over the pandemic remotely and we always said we'd like to do something live and last December we put on a performance of Schubert's Winterreise or A Winter's Journey as it's called and uh, it's one of the biggest and most expansive and most exciting song cycles of the genre. Now what is a song cycle people might be asking? Well it's essentially it's a set of songs with a story told, let's say, through each particular song. So it's like an opera, in a way. It's like a monologue opera. I always think about, let's say, something like Brian Fie- F- uh, Friel's Faith Healer, or something like that, where you have got these sort of series of monologues that tell you the story as you go along. And it's real nail-biting stuff. It's thrilling, thrilling music, and it's incredibly, uh, it's incredibly moving, uh, and incredibly atmospheric. And Vindaraisa tells the story of a protagonist, let's say, um, it, he, he his journey into winter is a metaphor for his journey into his own, let's say, personal and self-defragmentation, and uh, because of unrequited love, uh, and he goes through all the sorts of twists and turns that that sort of journey um, um, involves through the metaphor of let's say, coming into, coming into winter and the, that whole sort of pathetic fallacy. And so we're doing two performances of it and they're very unique, Joe, because what we're using is sewer titles. Now, sore titles are a bit like subtitles except they're above the performance as opposed to below. So sewer, we're using the French word over, sewer titles. Very good. They're usually yeah. used in opera and they allow an audience to engage with the performance wholesale uh, rather than, let's say, even looking down at translations and then looking back up at the performer and looking down at the translation again It allows people to actually... Really engage from start to finish, and that's something that actually the tradition of singing art songs has never really done. So it's really unique that we're bringing these sore titles to it. And we obviously we did this performance back in uh, back in Cork last year, and the audience response was immense. They really felt for the first time in their lives that they could engage with something like this, something really sort of um, re- really really deep and profound, uh, and be connected to it the whole time. And they said it just had an absolutely incredible impact. On them. Yeah, I, I
0: personally now love the idea of that because I think it makes it approachable and it's it's for everyone. But do the pot do the purists think of that now? I wonder. <laughs> well, Lucas, I, I've, I, I, you know, I've,
9: I've, I've mentioned this idea to several people, let's say throughout Britain and Europe, because obviously I've, I've, i, I I've, I've experienced it, and for me, it's it seems like a no-brainer. And when I mention it to people, they go. God I never thought of that that's a really good idea <laughs> I'm like we've had sort titles for the best part of 40 50 years uh, with opera why we haven't brought it over to to song, song? i i i I can't I can't understand and so this is an opportunity you now for people to really experience it and be engaged in it as well and the thing about it is uh, there's there's an argument i suppose that you could use why don't why not do it in english instead of let's say doing it in german and what you do what what happens when you maybe translate it to the vernacular sometimes is that you lose the quality of the language. Let's say if we were to, it'd be like, let's say if you were to get a Shannon song and say, okay, most people can't actually understand the Irish. Say, um, why don't you translate it to English? But you, you lose the, you lose the, the, the nuances and the gorgeousness of the language, which actually affects how beautiful the music is in the first place. So you're getting the authentic product, and you're able to engage and completely commit to it dramatically at the same time. So I'm,
0: it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, excellent. So you have two performances, one in Listol and St. John's, and you have a special guest there. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're delighted, Joe, to be joined by
9: uh, Maxim Luzovyi, who is a Ukrainian tenor who was obviously, and unfortunately displaced by the war in Ukraine um, in February 2022. And uh, But I suppose what Ukraine lost, Ballybunion and Listol gained by having this wonderful Operatic tenor uh, in their ranks, and um, he's done a few performances in Saint John's so far, and uh, I believe he's involved at the moment with uh, Irish National Opera's uh, performance of Puccini's La Bohème. So um, he's incredibly accomplished. He's a beautiful voice, and uh, he's going to be joining us for a pre-concert event. So half an hour before the concert, we're going to do an event in the stall. which goes into what is art song essentially, and introducing that genre to people and allowing people to, I suppose, have a bit of context and have a bit of sort of uh, previous knowledge going into the concert so that they can feel a little bit more at home with the genre because let's face it it's not a, it's not a genre that's or it's not a sort of a medium that's performed all that regularly in Ireland that's something that obviously I'd like to sort of uh, improve and so Maxim is going to join us for that event and he's going to be singing some Ukrainian folk songs and some Italian folk songs which are in the art song vein that's the thing about art song it has its roots in folk song and of course folk song is hugely important let's say to,
0: to, to Irish people and particularly people in Kerry Excellent. And we caught up with Maxim during the week, so we'll have a listen to that now. So, Maxim, tell us about your singing career when you were back home in Ukraine.
10: Hi, everyone. Well, I had been combining two professions, a classical singer and a sport journalist, for a long time. Because in Ukraine, it was very difficult to survive working only in classical music, you know. A turning point occurred after my successful performance at a competition in Italy where I took second place. So, following that achievement I decided to leave my career in journalism and devote my life only to music. For a year I took lessons from the Italian opera singer Mauro Agustini because I believe that voice training should be a lifelong process. I had several concerts in various European countries, and of course, I had many performances with the Kherson Philharmonic Orchestra. As soon as I began to gain popularity as a classical singer in Ukraine, Russia initiated a war against my country. So now, God has given me the opportunity to continue living and uh, start everything from scratch in beautiful ireland
0: and how are you finding life in balibonion and Listowel and the surrounding area
10: i'm living in balibonion but i visit Listowel very often it's only 20 kilometers from my new temporary home Listowel, like balibonion is a lovely place with many kind and polite people I have had several concerts in St. John's Theatre, so some local people already know me. I would like to take uh, this opportunity to especially thank uh, the staff of St. John's Theatre. When I asked uh, these people to give me the opportunity to hold my first concert in Ireland, they believed in me and continue to support me. Very good. So what are you looking forward to most about performing in Lisztall
0: in the end of November?
10: First of all, I would like to get to know Gavan Ring. I know that he is one of the most popular classical singers in Ireland. The best way for singers to connect with each other is at a concert, of course. And I would love to hear Gavan perform live on stage with great pleasure.
0: Maxim Lovaviv there Um, Gavin thanks a million for uh, talking to us and uh, best luck with the events and no doubt we'll be talking to you again uh, soon because you always have some wonderful events lined up for this county and you are the pride of the county so thanks a million for (laughs) coming on Joe you're an absolute star great to talk to you again thanks a million and a reminder that those events are taking place in Tecarmigan, Waterville on the 17th and St. John's, Listole on the 19th of November. And you can check out their websites for more. We'll take a break with more after
3: these. The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry brought to you in association with Virgin Media. Turning this Black Friday red in the Virgin Media Playhouse of Offers. See virginmedia.ie for more details. Now thanks to everyone who's getting in touch in relation
0: to the new documentary where I am pursuing in a year to be fluent in Irish and the documentary is going to be produced by my wife Mags McGill or my wife, Niva Huna. and uh, you're going to track my journey over the next 12 months as I go in search of fluency in the Irish language. So every month we will have an episode where you can track my progress. So it's a daunting task like I mentioned at the start of the programme but hopefully by the end of 12 months I'll be fairly fluent now and uh, it will culminate where I will have to conduct an interview Os Gilga. So um, you, like I said you can track my progress and follow me on social media, follow me uh, on Facebook Joe McGill. I'm on Instagram as well Joe McGill as well so find me there or on Twitter and I'll be updating my progress on that as well. Might be putting a few videos together. Um, so you You can kind of, I suppose, see how I'm getting on uh, overall. And like I said, we'll be traveling all around the county, uh, talking to, I suppose, um, people that are involved, that are steeped in the Irish language and in Irish traditions. And uh, we'll be finding out maybe, you know, as well as the traditional ways of learning it, the new ways of learning it, um, the more modern ways. Maybe there's bloggers out there and uh, maybe you want to get in touch with me and recommend a good way of learning the language in a year. So you can email J McGill at radiocarry.ie and that's where you can send your photos as well. The theme is winter has arrived with Dominic Walsh, so you can send those to J McGill at radiocarry.ie before midday Wednesday before the first Saturday of the month. That's all we have time for on the programme this morning. My thanks to Abigail Bernard, who was on sound. Francis is on the way, so keep it here on Radio Kerry. I'll be back next Saturday, again with another Saturday supplement from 9am. Until then, look after yourself and take care. You're listening to The Saturday Supplement with Joe McGill on Radio Kerry.